Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Guys, today we share with you a chat we had with Real Housewives of Miami, Karen Sierra. This chat occurred many, many months ago. It is previously unaired, you know, right before they announced the revival of RHOM, which is now here on Peacock. We sat down with Karen Sierra. This is never before aired. It was months ago. And I just think it's interesting to see how it holds up. You know, it's the holidays. Let's just share this with you guys today. I'm really curious to hear what everyone thinks. I'm really curious to hear what everyone thinks of RHOM being back on Peacock. So everyone made the the, the move to Peacock, watching RHOM, watching Girls Trip. Karen is really, I mean, well, listen, I like don't want to spoil anything. So stay tuned. Here's a chat with Miss Karen Sierra, previously unaired. Hey, everyone. This is David. Welcome back. Behind the Velvet Rope. How is everybody doing? We are joined here today by the one and only Real Housewife of Miami, Miss Karen Sierra. How are you? Hello there. So happy to actually see you and speak to you. I'm doing great. How's everything going? Whoa, my laptop almost fell. Sorry about that, guys. That's okay. These are the things that happen when we go live. Oh, tell me um, about it. But um, just so much, and people are literally stressing. And I have had many cases in this past month and a half with broken down teeth. They literally broke their tooth that I had to take it out, extract it, and eventually we'll be putting an implant in because they've oh, been wow. grinding at night due to the stress because they're not relaxing. They're focusing so much on this pandemic and they're not just living. And that's the problem. Also. Really? Like- like, I hate the term. You know, I was, I was coining it and I was saying it also, the new normal. What's normal about it? There's no new normal. And we just don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So whether you're a dentist or just, you know, whatever profession you're in, it's, there's so much uncertainty. And I think, you know, one thing I think has been wonderful coming out of this, and I, and I hope every, most everyone will agree, is that you realize what's really important. Not all the Gucci's and Prada's in your closet, nor all the money in your bank account will make a difference. The coronavirus is not prejudice. It will attack whoever. So 
when you realize and you realize, God, I was, you know, always trying to keep up with the Joneses and I was always trying to have the latest purse and the latest product came out and the shoes and this, and I'm guilty of it, just like everyone else. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to stand on a soapbox and pretend I'm not. Yes, we all like nice things and that's why we work. But I think we were over-focusing on trying to keep up with the Joneses. I think the Housewife show just kind of, you have to feed into it. You know, it's kind of just part of the show. Um, and I think because of all this, doesn't matter what clothes you wear. No one's, I don't think no one has been take, taking out their purses unless they're doing a, a, you know, a virtual fashion show in their home. <laughs> so you realize what's really important and it's family and it's values and, and it's your health and, and doing things where maybe we had been avoiding or had not been doing in a while, which is just playing board games, talking to our family, actually laughing. So I agree with all of that. Now, do you think, I mean, do you think the housewives are going to realize this? All of them? There's, you know, over a hundred of them. I can definitely, I, I try to be the most eternal optimist. Um, no, I don't think so. As, as, an, as much as of an optimistic person as I am, I'm also a realist. And I think that's what the show also brought to me is, is, you can't see everything with rose-colored glasses because that not everyone sees the same way that you do. So no, I don't think so. And I'm not going to pinpoint names because I don't believe in that. I'm, there's no need for it now. But no, I don't. But if if you don't come out of this pandemic a better person with better understandings, better morals, better um, appreciation for just life, then you haven't learned anything. Then you haven't learned anything. I've been saying this the whole time, you know, mm -hmm. now I truly appreciated life before. So I'm not sure like I'll learn that aspect of it. Cause mm -hmm. I really truly was one of those people who woke up every day and it's like, I was happy like 99.9% .9 of the day. That's how like I am. like exactly. what problem do you have? Like I, I had no problems. No problems. You know what? I'm going to venture to guess I'm going to move here cause I'm a little more comfortable over here. That's um, fine. I'm going to venture to guess. Well, I'm the same way. And that's why I guess, you know, going back to relating to the housewives, people would criticize my smile because I choose to smile. I choose to see the glass half full. What are you going to do by worrying or by being, excuse my language, a bitch or by being rude or being a diva? What do you gain from it? You just, it's, it's just not my way of living. Let's just say that. And did you ever think you'd be accused of smiling? Do you know what? That to me, when that came up, you know, and some of the housewives started saying, oh, yeah, all you can do is smile. Your, your smile scares small children. That was one of what they said. I'm like, okay, that's the worst argument you have for me? That I'm naive because of Rodolfo, my boyfriend at the time. You know, and I'm guilty. I think like a lot of women in society have been one or many times in their lives. But that I smile too much. If that's your critic, you know, that's your critique of, of me and my personality then I'm not doing so bad. I'm not doing so bad then. And I Seriously. just, I was, I was astonished that that's what they were finding to criticize, yeah. Like, did you ever think it was like a double-edged sword? Like it also went to the fact that you were a dentist and, you know. Oh, absolutely. You know what, they'll find anything, you know, it's, whether you're in a reality show or not, when you're in high school or whatever school and you find those mean girls, they'll find anything to pick on because you drive the nice car. Oh, you drive the nice car and they'll find something to critique on the nice car because you have good friends or because you're pretty or because you have this. You know what? It's, it's insecurities, I would say, on their part. It's, um, you know, 
I don't have what you have, so I'm going to try to bring you down with other people that won't even bother looking at the good. They'll just look at my critique and listen to me and say, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's too nice. It's like jealousy. It's jealousy too. Yeah. And you just have to be comfortable with yourself. I will tell you, one of the best experiences that came out of the show for me was all my life, people have known me since I was a little girl. I've always been like, like you, a positive person, a happy person. I'm human. Things would affect me. So I'm not going to tell you that 100% of the time I was always happy. Right. Um, you know, things affected me and I would be sad one day and then, or maybe two days. And then I'll be like, Karen, pick up. you know what? Life goes on. Let's go. And, and I'd get over it and, or I'd try to get over it and I would get help or just, you know, focus on the positive. And the, one of the things that best came out of the show was that I was always a people pleaser. And if I just met you somewhere, I wasn't the type of person that after you and I were friends and I would see you at a crowded party and you were at one end, I'll be like, oh, look at him. I'm going to wait till he comes say hi to me. I'm like, oh, you know what? Get over yourself. I see you at a crowded room. If, I'm, if I finish saying hi to someone, I'm going to walk over to where you are and say hi to you. That whole diva attitude of like, well, they have to come say hi to me. I'm, you know what? I, I would do it. And that was always me. And if for whatever reason, let's say you had met me and didn't like me, I was like, okay, no, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure he likes me because I'm a nice person. And when I got to the show, I remember speaking to somebody halfway into the season. It was a woman and God forgive me. I can't remember who it was because I want to thank them. I'll never forget I was talking to them and they were like, wait a second. Okay, you're having this problem with half of these women that they're criticizing you just for being nice. Why are you still trying to be nice to them? You know, and then, and all of a sudden I was like, I stayed quiet. And they're like, all of a sudden she said this with like a snippety attitude, but in a, in a good way, I realized what she was doing. She goes, who do you think you are? And I go, excuse me? She goes, yeah, who do you think you are? You think you're better than everyone? And I'm like, okay, why is she doing this to me? Yeah. You weren't filming. This isn't private conversation. And I'll never forget. She goes to me, you think you're better than God? And I'm like, whoa, what? And she goes to me, yeah. And I go, why, would, why are you saying this to me? She goes, because you know what? Not just getting religion involved, but let's, you know, this is how the conversation went. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so God, Jesus Christ, when he was alive, was hated by millions of people, was attacked and died on a cross. And he didn't do anything and he was free of sin. So do you think you're better than him? That if he wasn't liked by everyone, how do you expect yourself to be liked? And all of a sudden, it was like a slap in the face, but a good slap in the face. It was like a wake-up call to me. I was like, whoa. No one had ever told me that or made me think of it like that. And I was like, gosh, this woman is so right. And after that, I realized, you know what? I'm going to be myself. I'm going to, you know, do whatever I can and just be me. And if you like me, wonderful. And if you don't, that's your problem. So out of that show is, I think I finally grew up and I matured in, in my way of thinking that, you know what, if you don't like me, I'm not going to break myself over backwards trying to convince you. And so you live a lot happier, happier than I thought I always lived. But no, I was always trying to be complacent and trying to get everyone to like me. And I'm like, no, there's people who are not going to like you just because you're you. Yeah. 
And that was one of the best lessons that a school will never teach you. It just, it was a life lesson. And this woman saying this to you, you just kind of had like a light bulb moment. Oh my gosh. It was, and I will never forget that moment. I'm so sad to say I can't remember who told me that. And I've been racking my brain and I still can't remember. One day her name will and face will pop into my head. But I'm eternally grateful because it was one of those literally life-changing moments. And like I said, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a life lesson that you can't learn in school. You can't learn in books. You just have to live it. So That's I think- true. I mean, it's very freeing when you're just like, I don't give a fuck if anyone likes me. It really is. It really is. It really is. And I just felt liberated. And after that show, I'm like, wow, I'm actually happier than I thought I always was. Yeah. So I just, I live my life. I try not to do harm. If I do once, if I ever, you know, do harm because I'm not perfect, I will never always do it unintentionally. And if I do ever hurt you, please tell me and I'll apologize if it's something that I did that I didn't notice, but I'll never be, you know, and I don't think I've ever been a mean girl, ever try to put somebody down just, just because, and I don't think I have ever done that. That's good. Yeah. I mean, did you watch the show during the first season? Like when you weren't on it? I did. I did because I had, you know, acquaintances on the show. I knew people. So I did. I did watch it. And I'll tell you, I I would cringe. I would cringe. So much so that when my publicist at that time came up to me and said, hey, they're doing a casting, thinking of, uh, you know, revamping and renewing the Housewives show. Are you interested in doing it? I'm like, you want me to do what? I literally said, you're crazy. And she was like, well, think about it. And then she's, you know, she, she pointed out a lot of positives that can come out of it. And I was like, okay, I'll have to look at the big picture, not focus at, you know, just on that. And, and I was able to do it, thank God. But you just realize how, I hate to say this, but I don't want to sound. You could say it. Yeah, but it's incredible how petty these and, and superficial and these women are that all they care is about, about fame. And all they care about is, bringing drama to the game where it didn't even exist to try to make themselves more famous because they're either married to gay men and their men don't pay attention to them or they're married just for money and their husband is off with other women and they're bored. So they want their own fame and they're like, they don't care if they're going to look horrible on TV. They'll just do whatever it is for fame, for acknowledgement because they're not receiving it at their home or whatever the reason is. And it's just, it's sad. It's who, sad. who was married to a gay man? Oh, you know exactly who was it. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it now. I mentioned it in interviews and... We're talking about Miami. Miami, oh yes. Oh yeah. I would assume you're talking about Adriana. Well, uh, rumors I never knew of, and you know, rumors were said about her husband, but... um. I, but, but yeah, one of the other women, not to, you know, whatever, but yeah. <laughs> Alexia, right? I need to Google this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure who. Um, okay. And who was married just for money? <laughs> I want to let the past in the past. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, because you know what? I just... I, I let that go. I let the past be in the past. And, you know, if they're comfortable with the life that they live, then that's the only thing that should matter to them. And that's what I do. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And the whole thing about fame. I mean, well, you know, Joanna, who I know you're friends with, just gave an interview and pretty much said the same thing. You know, they asked her about what filming was like. I mean, she literally just talked to the Bravo Daily Dish within like the past week and she was like, yeah, the show was great, but everyone, you know, these girls, I mean, I don't think she was speaking of you, but she was like, you know, everyone was fighting for camera time. Basically the same thing you said, like these women were hungry to be famous. Exactly. That's all they cared about. And it didn't matter that they looked bad and be, were they, they portrayed themselves to be superficial and mean and thoughtless. They just wanted fame. And you know what? I, I, I stand for a lot more than just that, I think. I'm a professional, I'm a dentist, I have a profession to worry about. I was not gonna have my patients be like, oh my gosh, my dentist is, you know? And not even for them, I do it for myself. And I'm, I'm proud to have had a foundation for 12 years now. Leo Black has her foundation. Joanna has a foundation that has substance. It's not about all just buying purses and shoes and jewelry. It's about, you know, helping mankind and, and doing something that's unselfish. That's not just about, about us. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's just, if you can live with yourself and you're happy the way you live, then, then that's, that's all that matters to you, you know, and that's fine. I can't live like that. I think, um, I've been taught by my parents about giving back, about being grateful in life, about, you know, doing things to, to help others. And, and with my Sharing Smiles Foundation, I've been travel, you know, I've been traveling around the world, literally, in Africa, India, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Colombia, um, going to all these countries to help and not to make myself a saint. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I had made my mistakes, but I know how wonderful it is to give back and, and to be able to help others. And it's not all about, you know, all the dollar bills and all the, you know, all the material things that you can buy, but it's about helping others. So that's what I try to concentrate on. I mean, that's great, you know, and what do you, what does your charity do exactly? Your, well, your foundation? It's, it's, a, it's called Sharing Smalls Foundation. I started it, I founded it in 2009 and 2008 or 2009. And basically the, the whole premise of the foundation, the whole idea is to be able to offer free dentistry to underprivileged families. And what we started doing, it became a 501c3 immediately, which was wonderful because whether people want to donate because they have to, because they have large companies and not Uncle Sam's going to take all these tax dollars, or they honestly want to donate from the bottom of their heart, whatever the reason, they get a tax benefit, which is wonderful. And we started expanding not just to dentistry, because when I fly to Kenya, for example, I've gone twice, or to India, that I've been there twice, all of the money raised doesn't go nothing to uh, one cent to dentistry. I provide that donation, whether it's materials, my flight, everything else. But in India, for example, there's a caste system. And the caste system is, doesn't matter, you know, it, it all depends on where you were born or how you were born. And right two blocks away from where you live in your hut, there is a well and you, there's fresh water. If you belong to a lower caste system, you, you and your family are not able to drink that water. 
And instead you need to drive, you know, walk, not drive, walk five, eight kilometers just to get a resemblance of water. And it's not really water per se, it's we're talking dirty, contaminated water. So what we were doing is we were collecting, we spoke to engineers and spoke to companies that build and actually dig, dig the wells and actually build a water well for them. And we collected about, I think it was for 15 or 16 water wells in India. And so now these neighborhoods with really low pass systems that had to walk an hour and a half, two hours every morning just to get a resemblance of water, now have fresh water. And so wow. that, and it's, it's very rewarding when you have all these families that are now able to live a healthy life besides the teeth that I treated. It's, it's, it's you're doing something for mankind to, and you're doing something for someone that can never pay you back. And that's the idea of paying it forward, helping someone that there's, you know, maybe I, I pray to God that one day they would want to, but that they don't, they have no idea and they have no chance of ever paying you back. That's when it really matters, you know, right. selfishly. I've been to India before. I mean, that's the real deal, you know, and I've been to, I mean, like I've been to Cambodia, but like India to me was the most it's an, eye-opening place I've ever been. It really, really. Is. it really is. And where we go, um, we try to find the area in that country that's the neediest. Now, India per se is an extremely needy country as is. Um, it's just, it's, it's, a very, it's very sad how many people are, are, are living in poverty. And imagine going to the poorest of the poorest part of India. So we would land in Vishakhapatnam, which is by the Indian Sea in the southeast corner of India. And once we landed, we drive, you know, we would drive in a bus for about four and a half hours to a small little town called Bobili, stayed at a school for the blind, and then every day drive an hour and a half different direction to go literally to the mountains where people never knew what a dentist was. They'd never left the mountain. So I mean, it it was extremely difficult to see and I'm an emotional person. So I would, I'm not going to lie to you. I would cry every day. I had my translator that would translate for me. I would learn a couple of words, but it's, it's an eye opener. It's an eye opener. You get home and then you brush your teeth and automatically turn off the faucet and I turn off the lights right away and you reappreciate so much more you become so much more acute to all the sensations and all the things that you have around you that we take so much for granted on a daily basis completely and by the way my control room just told me that it was alexia's husband herman that you <laughs> thought was gay and it listen it's all coming back to me now yeah i i remember all this now but who who no i mean i didn't mean to do a segue like that but like oh don't worry that's okay India is truly an amazing place, but okay, I now remember. I know, I know the reason you interviewed me is for the housewives. No, no, it's about like everything. Philanthropic work. It's about you too, and like, um, who do you think the biggest? Because I already know, I mean, who other people have said, but who was the biggest culprit of you think being there for the wrong reasons, like the cameras and the fame. Gosh, you know what? I, I don't know if I could pinpoint one person. Let, let's, let's be honest. And, and I'm going to be completely honest. We all wanted to get something out of this. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, regardless that I have my philanthropic side, we did it to get recognition. I'm not going to lie. That's the reason why I did it. Um, and it was explained to me, you know, what can come out of this and, and, and why the reason why people get involved. You know, the segues, 
after um, post Housewives. Um, thanks to that, I was guest hosting in the doctor's show. So I was flying to LA back and forth and guest hosting there and all the other opportunities that have arisen because of it. And I did it too. So I'm not going to pretend to be better than anyone. I agree. I did it for those reasons because that's the reason you do it. But if I had to pin one, pinpoint one person in general, I don't, you know what? I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could. I think more women to, to a more greater degree and others to a lesser degree. But at the same time, we all wanted, you know, something positive to come out of it regarding some type of fame or however you want to call it, or recognition per se. And what did you want to get out of it in particular? Well, that, you know, before I became, a, before I was a dentist, I was a model. I did beauty pageants. I did things on TV, I did, uh, Spanish soap opera. So I had already done things on TV, but usually in the Spanish market, not in the American market. So when the opportunity arose, I was like, well, you know, possibilities can be endless. And after the Housewives show ended that I was flying back and forth um, to LA to film the doctor's TV show, I was like, wow, now I'm seeing the big picture. This is amazing. And I love the show. And the, exec the executive producer was super excited about having me on the show. And, um, you know, he had talked to me about the possibility of being a, a permanent host on the show. And when they went on hiatus, it was, it was so heart-wrenching for me because at that moment, he got let go of the show. And I was like, oh, I was so excited because they filmed only two days a week, Thursdays and Fridays, three shows on Thursday, three shows on Friday. So I could easily see my patients Monday through Wednesday, fly to LA. And there was also a reality star who was one of the hosts, which is Travis. Yeah. And he was on the other. And he doesn't even live in LA. He lives in Colorado. So he flies in on Wednesday night, films exactly that, and takes the red eye back home on Friday. So I was like, how perfect is this? So I was so excited. But you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And um, they let go of the executive producer who was an absolute sweetheart. I'm still friends to him to this day. I speak to him every once in a while. Andrew Scher. And he's back in New York now because he used to be actually an executive producer of The View years ah. ago. Really nice guy. Now he's back in working in TV, but in New York. He's back in New York. Um, so, you know, who knows what else can come out of it. So, so yeah, it's you never know what can come out of it. I never expected something like The Doctors. And there's been a couple of um, shows and projects in the works. I've been going back and forth also and... Um, doing segments on Access Hollywood uh, in oh, really? I was there in October and I was actually supposed to be there mid-March exactly the week that travel got completely shut down and everything you know the shows got shut down so I was like we even had the segment everything was scheduled and I was like ah so as soon as uh, everything comes back up in California then I'll be flying doing another segment what segments do you do like Dentistry. Beauty, beauty oh. dentistry. Yeah, because I have a full med spa. So we do everything from Botox, fillers, oh, okay. laser removal. So anything, you know, beauty and fashion segments, um, I do on different on different shows and different channels. Do you ever get called for like who has bad Botox, who has bad plastic surgery? You know what? I don't because I like I said, I don't want to be pinpointing out. There's definitely opinions. People write to me and tell me about certain people. And I'm like, I listen. But you know what? I don't, it is what it is. Am I just know? being and extra I shady today? I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. 
you know what? No, you're, 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 you're being realistic and, and it is what it is. But I don't think that if they got the bad surgery, sometimes they, they don't see it themselves. Or if they see it themselves, I'm sure they don't feel good about it. And I'm not going to make them feel worse than they do feel. Or I'm not going to come bring to light something that they maybe never realize. And then I don't want to be the one to bring it up. Um, that makes I sense. am here to help, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of what I, you know, what I, how I feel. Not to, like I said, not to, not to portray myself to be the same Karen. I just, I don't want to add fuel to a fire in that sense. Do you feel like you still get opportunities because you were on the housewives or is it really just because of your other stuff now? I do. I, I do think even though, you know, some time has passed since the housewives, because I have been, I guess, my constant in TV and whether it's the Spanish market or the American market, people still, you know, are very attached to the housewives. It doesn't matter how many years have passed or how many seasons have passed. There seems to be a constant uh, attraction to, to the show and the power of Bravo is amazing. Um, I have a friend of mine who actually is in the new Indian show. Uh, Monica Vaswani and yeah. sweetheart and you know she always asked me for advice I was like oh my gosh you know tell me about this and so I helped her out and and Bravo has has created this wonderful recipe for people to just have this either guilty pleasure and literally be faithful to the channel and it's been amazing for that. Do you find like when the my, the reunion aired, did you find like your Instagram was blowing up and you got more yes. followers? You know what? I, I, I started getting more followers again and it was incredible how I would start getting all these DMs on Instagram. I am not kidding you. I had about 150 DMs. I believe it. People talking to me about the other women, like I, you know, how I just said before, and I'm like, they... I'm kind of like a psychiatrist. I'll hear them out, but I'm not going to acknowledge. I don't want to, you know, make your own conclusions. And they were, you know, and they were like, my God, blank, so-and-so was such a bitch. Can I say bitch? Yes, you could say anything you want. Okay. You could say worse than that if you'd like. Okay, because, yeah, it's not TV per se. Okay. So, and they were like, oh my God, what is wrong with her? And after so-and-so came out and, you know, and I knew so-and-so associated to that rumor, so I know it's true, and I'm like, and I would just listen to them. I would became like a psychiatrist, and I'm like, thank you for your support. Thank you for being so sweet. Thank you for your compliment. And that's all I would say, because I'm not going to add, you know, let, I think we're all adults, and if you're not an adult, you can make your own conclusion to whatever you think. And there's still people that are not going to like me, you know, and that's so, hey, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Have you ever been excited by that big sign free trial? You sign up and you don't even realize it's a subscription that renews without your consent. My life has changed since I discovered Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions so hard to cancel. 
all. Have you ever actually realized you were paying for a subscription and then tried to cancel it? You have to scroll around that website so many times, click so many buttons. Truebill makes it so simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Velvet Rope. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Velvet Rope. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Velvet Rope. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvet robe. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, your temper is shorter than usual, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. Betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Well, I mean, that's good. The main two people you really had the issues with on the show were Adriana, were Adriana and Alexia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so what happened like after the show? Like, have you kept in touch with them? I mean, I know now you guys have all kind of spoken recently. Well, you know what? It's or- interesting to me because I went to one of them um, of Hot Living. is a wonderful magazine. It's a very high-end magazine here. I'm very good friends with the publisher and uh, with Kamal. And we go to this event and of course they want to invite, you know, the housewives and of course they want to go. So I'm at this dinner and coincidentally, it's assigned seating, you know, this long, gorgeous table. And when I noticed they all, of course, sat us all next to each other. And you know what? Grow up, get over it. And you, you said horrible things about me. Did I mention things? Yeah, you know about your husband, about something? Sure, because I'm not gonna stay quiet. And if many people you know, knew things, then you know, I'm gonna defend myself back, you know? So, but get over it. You, know, you did much worse than I did, or whatever level you wanna call it off on. And I see them, I say hi, and I approached, I approached Alexi, I'll never forget. And I go, hi Alexi, how are you? She was the rudest person I had ever seen. And I'm like, wow, I'm being nice to you. Like, turn the page. Life continues. Have you learned nothing from what you lived in life? You know? And some people will just stay in that rut. And I'm like, wow, I'm just, okay. That's, yeah. That's not, yeah. So she's like still holding a grudge because you called her husband gay yeah may he rest in peace because he was a wonderful man i thought i would talk to him he was an absolute sweetheart um so i have nothing wrong with gay because all 
I would say 98% of all my male friends are gay. I have an attraction to them in, in the sense that we just click. It's, we have, my best friend is gay, he's a plastic surgeon. And I have every single friend of mine, like I said, that I can think of, except for two, are gay. So <laughs> you just wouldn't expect any of your girlfriends to be married to them. That's all. Right. Exactly. That's all, you know? And, um, but like I said, I may he rest in peace. He passed away. And, but the opportunities and the times that I did have conversations with him in person, absolute sweetheart, absolute sweetheart, super, super nice man. But she wanted no part of you. Yeah. What about Adriana? You know what, with Adriana, I never had a beef with her. And same thing, I went up to her, like I did with every single one at that dinner that were there. And she was, I guess, if I didn't say a little nicer, she was a little nicer than Alexia, but she was also like, mm, hi, and went on her way. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I did my part of, of trying to say hi, you know, be sweet and just, you wouldn't have to be best friends, but just be cordial. You know, I think just be educated. You're at an event, you're at a dinner, there's about 60 people. But, I, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, that's for sure. Is Miami small in the sense that, like, do you run into them in general? I mean, this dinner, obviously, but, like, in general or no? Um, Miami is is small, but you also, you know, I have a, you know, I've been in a serious relationship now for four years. And so now you value more time, just you go to still go to events and I still enjoy going to events. I'll still go to red carpets, but you minimize it. I don't have to go to an event every single week and be in every single picture. And hi, I'm here. You know, I, I know who I am and, and I love attending events, but I don't need to be out every single week, you know, right. to, to these events. And, and I'm tired and I'm working. I'm a dentist. Sometimes I'm exhausted and to get home and start putting tons of makeup on and heels. I'm like, okay, not today, not today. Right, so that's why I don't run into them as much. And, you know, and that's okay. What about Marisol? Marisol, you know what is interesting? Because, you know, we didn't get along that well, like in the show. And I think she associated with some of the mean girls. I, I, I have no problem with Marisol. And last year I had just come back from Brazil and I think I must have, caught something when I came back from Brazil exactly a year ago I all of a sudden from one day to the next I got pneumonia and I was hospitalized I was in the hospital for three for three days I'd never been in the hospital before in my life um and so it was it was shocking to get pneumonia just out of the blue and at the same time that I was hospitalized with pneumonia is when mama Elsa passed away and I was so, so heartbroken and, and very sad for her to hear about this as my father has passed away four years ago. So I know what it is to lose a parent. Um, and in the show, I don't know if you guys remember my dad being very sick. Um, he lived a couple of years after and then four years ago he passed away. And I reached out to her and I sent her a text and I, yeah, I couldn't even talk because the pneumonia was severe, you know, wow. um, which was very scary. So I sent her a text and I go, Marisol, and so sorry um, to hear about your mom, your passing. And she was really sweet and understanding. And I go, look, I would love to be able to attend the funeral. Just know that I don't think I can go. And I don't know if you would want me there because I don't want to be presumptuous and yeah. make her feel uncomfortable if she didn't want me there. I just wanted her to know that I wanted her to send my condolences. And she was very sweet. She was extremely sweet. 
I have to, I have to honestly say it. And, and she was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Don't worry. No, I would have loved to have you there, but don't worry. I understand. How are you feeling? And even a couple of days after we would still stay in touch and she's like, how are you doing? How's everything? And we kept in touch. And I think that's a perfect example of how life goes on. And whether you're associated to other people that don't like me and you don't want to hang out or, or whether you don't have to be best friends with everyone and that's okay. And you don't need to go out with everyone, but you can be cordial and you can be nice. And honestly, that was an opportunity to see Marisol in a different light and I have nothing against her and, and I wish her the best. And if I see her again at an event, I will say, you know, I will say hi to her. And after that, I think it was a turning point in, in our relationship or, you know, however you want to call it. And, and I want her to know that I'm, I'm here for her, like I am with everyone else. And if anyone wants to call and say, Hey, let's turn, let's turn the page and let's be friends now. I'm willing to do so. You know, it's just, Life goes on and it's not about holding a grudge for the rest of your life. And that's that, kind of- That makes sense. Is it really just Adriana and Alexia that kind of- I think so. I think so. And that's, you know, I'm friends with Leah. Um, I know that Lisa and Joanna had a, a hard falling out, you know, in the reunion of season three. Yeah. And, and it's a shame because we were known as the Wolf Pack. I adore Lisa to death. I have seen her at different events. I adore Joanna to death. Like I said, I, I love them both, but I don't know if Lisa might have felt that I, you know, that I needed to choose sides and maybe she felt that I could not be biased and I couldn't be um, a friend to her if I was still friends with Joanna. And I don't want to be able to choose because if you haven't done anything to me, I have, I need to stand on my own to feed. Totally. I love you both. I won't, I promise I'm not going to mention the other girl's name. Totally. But I can still be your friend and be a true friend to you while still liking the other one. So I, I, I feel, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but I feel that maybe she felt that. So she hasn't been the same, but I, I truly love her. And I'll send texts to her when the birth of her both kids. Um, but I feel that maybe that was the case. But I've never had a problem with Joanna. The same way I've never had a problem with Lisa. I adore them both and I, I wish... I wish them the best and but I still keep in touch a lot with Joanna you know to this day does I mean did Lisa get right back to you when you sent her the text about her kids like did she ever get back you know what yeah she did respond thank you so much you know short and short and sweet and 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 not because I'm gonna take offense to that it was short and sweet you know now she's a mom now she's busy you know there's there's other activities right totally on the kids now so so that's fine I'm not gonna make it something bigger that it's not um, and, and if we, one day we have a time on one-on-one, I want to let her know, look, I, I, I'm still your friend, you know, and, you know, I know that she suffered a lot with that confrontation that they had and what the truth is, I don't know. I wasn't there, you know, I actually, I was there, but I didn't witness anything. So, right. Yeah. Right. And you think maybe she just feels like you chose Joanna's side just cause you're so close to Joanna, but you really... And I told Joanna that, and I go, look, I'm friends with both of you. No one has done anything to me as far as both of you are concerned. So why would I have anything against you guys? So, yeah. That makes sense. What about Leah? Leah, I've never had, I've never had a poem. You know, I know in the show she would find, you know, and sometimes like in the excerpts or in the parts that they would film her and she's like, ah, you know, and she would make this, you know, some dumb, silly comments. Um, 
you know what? It's just sometimes it's shows, sometimes it's TV, and sometimes it's she's trying to be funny. Um, you know, since then, uh, we've stayed in touch, and I have no problems with her. You know, I think sometimes, and, and I think myself, I think you feel that sometimes when you're on the housewife show and you're filming, you're like, oh, my God, I have to bring my A game. And you really don't. You know, just be yourself. You feel like, okay, I have to over dram dramatize dramatize. Dram dram like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Now I'm like second guessing it. Do you have to dramatic size? Dramatic size. I, okay, so I'm not the only one. Good. I know I sound really dumb right now. I mean, well, no. So imagine how I feel. <laughs> I mean, um, I'm not a brain for everything, so I'm like. Well, you know, you have to step it up a little, step it up a notch. Yeah. As far as drama is concerned, because it's a reality show. And, and I know people want that, but but you don't. Just be yourself. And sometimes you, you would find yourself on the show and like, hey, what do I sell? You know, what do I say to sound crazier or, or more mean, you know, or, or, or something? And you know what? If the producers cast you, it's for a reason. And... You, you bring something to the table. It's not a biggest loser game that there's going to be one winner. We're all principals on the show. We're all going to have equal airtime. So be it. And, and that's kind of how I felt. So, yeah, that's, you know, some people to step up the game and, and will say some things. And I think sometimes there was a, oh, God, I'll never forget. And, and I look back on it. I'm not going to lie to you. I cringed. Yes. There was an event, and of course, the way editing, how they edited was also, you know, they make it look even worse. And I think everyone, whether they want to recognize it or not, cringed at some point throughout the different episodes. And I can't remember, we were at a little Lighthouse Foundation party, and I was with my then boyfriend, Rodolfo. And I don't know what we were talking about. We were saying about someone kissing and someone doing something. And oh my gosh, the only part that they filmed, or they filmed everything, but the only part that aired was a part that we were ridiculing or saying something about people kissing and about a tongue, tongue kissing or something. And we were funny. We were just being ourselves, not to act up for camera, just because we were acting out something. And I, God for the life of me, can't remember. It's been too long. And we kiss each other by sticking each other's tongue out and we like like two little lizards give each other a kiss by tongue like tongues touching and that's the only part they put in i wanted to die when that cd that they send us the dvd they send us a week ahead yeah so right the movie. i wanted to like i felt like it was horrible i felt like an ostrich i was like find a hole can i please bury my head in the hole I, I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like if I didn't know myself, I wouldn't like myself. It, I looked so obnoxious and I go, oh my God, is that, is that me? Just I, based on the edit. Oh my God, yes, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I'm like, oh my God, it was just, I, I cringed. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think that week I, you know, I wrote my blog and I don't think I ever went out that week. It was just, there was a couple of times I was like, so do you do things and, and, and that filming and then when they filmed that, oh, it was just, it was, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. 
Did it get exhausting though? Like when some of the girls like were trying to like be overly dramatic or play it for the camera or fight for camera time? It did. It did. And like, you know, I'll remember one episode that I completely remember. And it was an event. Uh, It was Alexia and Herman's event. And this, I'm, you know, I can say we're at the event and I had personally spoken to Herman Echevarria, her ex-husband or was going to be future ex-husband. Um, he had personally invited me to this event. It was, they would have a, a, a party to, you know, to launch that, that month's magazine. Yeah. So I had personally spoken, personally spoken to him and he had invited me to come to the event. And then he goes, Karen, I'm going to send you an email so you can RSVP. The Herman, thank you. Yes, I'll be happy to go. I RSVP'd also via email. Okay, the party starts happening. It's in a hotel somewhere uh, in downtown Miami. And, you know, obviously they're filming. So we get mic'd up. I get there. Then I get to, you know, where all the girls are sitting down. I'm sitting there. And Annette, Alexia just wanted to step it up. And once again, you know, sound and look as petty as she always did. And she formed a show like in front of everyone, started screaming at me that I just try to appear at every single red carpet, every party, even without being invited to. And that I wasn't invited to this party. And I looked at her and she obviously really believed that I wasn't invited, that I just wanted camera time or just to show up. Yeah. And I go, Alexia, what are you talking about? Your husband personally invited me. So that must have come as a shock to her. Yeah. And and I go, and I have emails to prove it. You know, I have the invitation from Herman that he invited me. So she kind of had to have her tail between her legs because, you know, of course she wasn't going to show it while she's still filming. She's like, you're lying, this and that, whatever. And I didn't want to give her the satisfaction of crying. I was so frustrated because it was a perfect example of like, what have I done to you? Because at this point, nothing has come up, you know, of anything else. And I'm like, what have I done to you? Why do you just want to literally try to bring your A-game to come out as the meanest person on the show for no reason? And I'll never forget, and I was not going to give her the satisfaction of crying on the show. I was like, Karen, I would talk to myself. I'm like, Karen, hold back your tears because anything is valid while you're mic'd and while you're being filmed, it's all fair game. Even if you've walked away from the cameras and you walk to the bathroom to cry, if your mic is on and oh, yeah. the game and you, that's what you sign on for. And I go, Karen, hold on. And I'm a very sentimental person. I said, Karen, hold on, bite your tongue, bite your tongue, bite your tongue. I said, okay, guys, I'm done. I'm leaving. I took my mic off, bought my valet ticket, asked for my car, got in the car, and I'm not going to lie to you, the moment I drove off, I just bawled. I got in my car, and I had to stop a block away because I couldn't see. I'm not going to lie to you. I think about it, I get sentimental. Um, I cried for about 30 minutes because I couldn't believe how See, I'm, I'm a sentimental person. How mean somebody can be just for airtime. It, it was just, it was so frustrating to me. And I think soon after is when I spoke to that woman. God bless her soul, whoever she is. Um, and she made that realization to me because I couldn't believe how mean they were for no reason. Just, just, to, just to 
make me look bad. Like if I was, you know, trying to get invited or tried to show up at every party. Right. I just couldn't believe, you know, how some people will stoop so low for them. And I cried. I literally cried for 30 minutes in the street of downtown Miami, which isn't the safest area. Um, just cried, cried, cried. And I just couldn't believe it. And I'm like, and I calmed myself down, called my mom, drove home and, and cried for about two hours after that. Cause I just, I couldn't, I was the audacity of some people, but yeah. Who was meaner of the mean girls, Alexia or Adrian? Oh, really? yeah. Hands down. Alexia. No, no, argument. no argument. Yeah. Yeah. And Audriana was one of the mean girls, but not as mean. You know what? She was one of the mean girls, but after, it was interesting. After we filmed a sh- an episode at Thomas Kramer's house, and who was my patient, um, and things got heated up at Thomas Kramer's house, and I, and I felt really bad at the end of the day for Anna Kinkosis, because Thomas was very rude to her. Even though it was his house and you know what, respect his house. But, you know, I, I'm not defending anyone in that episode. Um, but, you know, Anna stood up for herself as, as well she should because I'm not standing up for anything that Thomas Kramer would do or say sometimes. Um, at, when we filmed, we finished filming that day. We we're having a dinner at his house and the mics get turned off, cameras are stopped rolling. You know, all the producers are packing things up and I'll never forget, Adriana actually apologized to me. And she goes to me, and I don't know if, well, you know what, it's, this is not, I'm not talking to Bravo, I'm talking to you. So I can say this now. She said, hey, you know, I'm sorry, this and that. She, I remember she apologized, very sweet. She goes, you know, we just, we just have to step it up if we want another season. And then all of a sudden I realized Adriana, really isn't mean or maybe she's a mean side like we all may have mean sides at one time in in our life or others but then I saw another side of Adriana she was doing it and that's valid because she wanted another season out of this she wanted something more to come out of this as other businesses can come can arise from this wonderful show and she was just stepping up her game for that but she at least let me know even after that show, after that episode of filming, you know, aired or after that event aired. And I was like, I saw her in a different light. And whatever else she could say to me at any other time, I'm getting it. You know, let's be real. There was a purpose for her doing that. And she let me know it. So I'm like, wow. So I don't see her like that. And whether she's convinced because she hangs out with other girls or whatever, or her thoughts have changed or whatever the reason being, but she told me that. And so I was like, okay, I I get her. I understand it. I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to criticize it. Everyone, I understand her now. So the only person that was ever that vindictive, that malicious, that cold hearted was Alexia. Was Alexia. Right. And you're basically saying like once Adriana pulled you aside, it was almost like, uh, he, this is why I'm doing this, which right. like to your point, exactly. that's understandable. 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 There's cameras. You know what? This is not a philanthropic TV show that we're all supposed to be showing love and it's, I get it. Right. But 
when you're being malicious just to be malicious, then, then I have a problem with that. You know, it's just bring up your A game and say, hey, let's do this. And then you could say this and we'll bring it up a little bit and let me see if I agree to it. You know, and then I can do, I'll, I can agree to be mean somehow, you know, and let's see, let's plot amongst ourselves, but they plotted it only amongst the, their existing friends. And, and yeah, no, and I was going through a horrible situation with my father. He was being hospitalized, his pacemaker at that time. It was just, it was horrible. It was horrible. I had to fly back from, from Bimini also at another event and literally had to fly back emergency. Um, with my father literally almost on his deathbed thank god he wasn't he lasted i think two or three more years two years after that um horrible you know that's and in one of the episodes you see me crying and say look this is what's important i'm not focusing on anything else but that that's also you're focusing on is just being petty when my dad is dying and i need to rush home and i had to get a commercial flight and, and fly back fly back home and it was just horrible yeah yeah that's a lot to go through when you're filming and with alexia you never felt you felt it was all real like just yeah yeah unfortunately interesting (laughs) well i mean it's also it's so many years later that they you know i mean i'm kind of like you I'd, i'd walk up to anyone years later just to let bygones be bygones bygones be bygones exactly and and like i said i was like i came up to her i was like hey alexia how are you her reaction was just i was like okay have a nice afternoon nice night and just kept on with my life yeah and then you have like an anna who was like kept out of most of the drama just yeah and and anna lives literally about four blocks away from me now and we talked we actually just spoke two days ago. Um, I have no problems with Anna, you know, I don't, zero problems. And, 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 you know, and she was an accomplished attorney and had a wonderful profession herself. And, you know, we're, like I said, we're not best friends either. We don't hang out every day, but we realized, okay, let's move on. Let's get past this. Let's focus on what's more important. So. What about like Mama Elsa as someone involved in the show, you know, because I mean, a lot of fans have said things like, you know, it was Mama Elsa's show. I mean, she had a spinoff. It was. She was loved. She was loved by many people. Um, For whatever reason, she had a magnetic personality. She was funny. She was very funny. So 99% of what came out of her mouth, whether you agreed with it or not, also with that accent, you know, it's like kind of like the Sofia Vergara of the modern family. It's a, that accent is funny. You know, us as Hispanics, I don't think I have an accent. And, you know, Anglo-Americans say, oh, you have an accent. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, yes, you do. I don't realize I have an accent. People say I do. Go figure, you know. And But that accent, her personality, the things that she would say, she didn't have a filter. And And God bless and may she rest in peace also she was she was loved she was loved by many many people and it was her show who cares like i said it wasn't a competition it wasn't like you know she didn't she wasn't a principal cast member but she ended up being a principal per se you know because she just she was witty she was witty she and and she had a a, a following after after being on the show she definitely did 
She did. Did you, I mean, having watched the first season, like you said, did you have any reservations about doing the show? I mean, like, I know you. Oh, yeah. I did have reservations. But I honestly went in with it very naively thinking, oh, I got this. I'm just going to be nice. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to kill them in kindness because that was the quote that came out of the Miami Herald in the newspaper that was the whole fight that Joanna defended me and then ended up getting punched poor thing by Adriana because of it, which after I was, you know, vindicated and proven that I did, didn't say everything else, that all I did say was, uh, you know, kill them with kindness. And that's my philosophy. So um, yeah, I, I went in very naively thinking I got this. That's okay. I know how to act. I'm going to behave. And no, it was, yeah. Like the example of driving home that night, there was, a couple of other times when I did, yeah. Just lost it. Yeah, yeah, not in camera, except for obviously with my dad, because that's a different story. Right. You can't hold back tears. But there's other times that I would get that, you know, mic turned off and, and literally start crying the moment I was by myself. Cause I'm like, I couldn't understand. How can you live with yourself by just doing this and, and, and be happy about yourself, you know? So, you thought you were just going to come in and you're like, I saw yeah. it the first season on TV, but I'm just going to kill them with kindness and oh, make yeah. it fight, but it's going to go different for me. Exactly. I literally thought, I got this. Yeah, no. I was so naive. It was, it was a love lesson. Like I said, it was definitely a learning lesson for me. Would you ever do the show again? You know what? I've thought about it and I've been asked the question. I think I would. Believe it or not, because, you know, the different examples that I've given you, I think the life lessons that came out of it, the good definitely outweigh the bad. I, I, it, it sounds ironic. It sounds weird. As much as I suffered, I think I came out such a much better person because of what I suffered. And it's horrible because you don't know good until you have bad. You know, right. you know what real happiness is until you've really suffered and you appreciate the good so much more. And it was such a difficult filming, but I think I would. I think even still not trying not to be naive anymore and think, understanding that some bad can come out of it that I can't even imagine or fathom. Yes, because of how much I learned from being on the show, how much I matured, how much I grew up, how much I, I learned, you know, about myself as a person, even knowing full well that tears may come. Absolutely. Say like in a way you're in the same position because you think there might be some bad, but you're just going to go in and be nice again. Right. <laughs> but like, let's face it. So Anna would not do the show again. We've sat okay. down with her. Okay. No, Anna is not going to do the show again. I mean, she's, I mean, well, what, what do I know? I think anything's possible, but this is what they say. Mm-hmm. So you would be basically thrown in with like Lisa, Adriana, Alexia, <laughs> and Marisol. This would be the cast. Talk about a glutton for punishment, huh? <laughs> and I assume Leah would probably do the show if I had to take a guess. Uh, I would. If I were, ben, you know, if I were a guessing or a betting woman, I, yeah, she would. She would do it. I would think that. Joanna would not, and Anna would not. That's my prediction. I agree. I agree. I so agree. you'd be thrown in with all the others. So 
it's, it's, you know, call me foolish, call me just like a glutton for punishment, you know, just looking. But you know what? It's, it's like I said, if I come out of it, learning as much and becoming a better person, I'm going to humbly say that, you know, coming out a better person because of it. Um, then yeah, it's, it's, it's life lessons that no textbook or university will ever teach you. So, yeah. Why do you think the show didn't succeed? You know what's interesting? I don't know. Because to this day, I have so many followers and fans. Like, I don't want to say fans because it sounds like so, you know, but they are. They're fans. They're followers of the show. They're lovers of, of our, you know, of our, our, our reality show. That to this day, are like, oh, my God, Karen, you were the nicest. You were the sweetest. Oh, I loved you on the show. Oh, my gosh, Bravo, please bring it back. Please bring it back. Or whether it's, you know, people that didn't like me and still will make comments on our Instagrams. Love the show. You know, bravo, Andy, please bring it back. I don't understand why, because so many people, and I think in Miami, loved the show. Maybe because it was Miami and they felt, you know, more connected to it. But people from all over the world, I've run into people that, you know, knew me and recognized me in Scotland and Germany, like, all over the world I'm like you know who I am like wow it was just amazing um and they're like we love the show it's our guilty pleasure and it was great and you know you were one of the women that finally I could have my daughter watch the show with me and show them that not all the women have to be catty and you're a professional and you can be nice and sweet and stand up for yourself and I don't know if it was just not enough drama you know because, of course, that's what it's based out of. It, it's, you know, bringing it to the table and let's flip tables and let's scratch out our, you know, nails out and pull out the weaves and all the craziness, which is a guilty pleasure. And, and there's many people that I'll admit it and there's some that won't admit that they love it. But let's let's be real. We all enjoy a little cat fight from now, you know, from a little bit. Yeah. Did you watch Bravo before you were on it? I did. I did. I did watch it. Did you meet anyone then, like at that time? Like, who were you just like, oh my God, I'm dying to meet, you know, Jill Zarin or Bethany Frankel or somebody. It doesn't even have to be a housewife. I became, I actually became friends with Heather from, from New York uh, through an event that we had. They flew us out to New York, not to New York, I'm sorry, to Orlando. And after that, when she would fly down with her husband, to Miami Beach, we hung out, sweetheart, absolute sweetheart, who I love, Larry Thompson. And then um, it was really nice because it's kind of like a sorority because sometimes you know of each other, you follow each other on the shows, but no one has ever introduced you. And I was in LA filming a TV show in the Hispanic market. Um, and I decided to go to uh, Villa Blanca, which is- um, Lisa Vanderpump's. Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant. And when I got there, I went to, uh, there with Mauricio's from Beverly Hills, um, Kyle's husband's yeah. mother, who uh, we had a mutual friend in Miami. My publicist is actually friends with her because she's also Mexican. She goes, my gosh, you have to meet her. You're going to love her. We hit it off immediately and we became friends and we're like, oh, let's go. She had never been to the restaurant either. I'm like, let's go. I want to see the restaurant. It looks so beautiful on the show, let's go, you know, we'll have dinner there. So we show up to dinner and I get there and Lisa was a doll. She literally, from the moment I walk in, she was 
happened to be in the front. She recognized me right away. She was like, oh, Ken, Ken, darling. Look, it's Karen from Miami. And I'm like, wow, she knows who I am. You know, because I, I admired her. I thought she was such a beautiful woman and so classy and elegant. And I was like, you know, you know each other. And she was an absolute doll. Ken, Ken was with Jiggy. And I got to meet Ken. Ken was a sweet. I was like, oh, so nice to meet you. And we're talking. I remember even taking pictures with Jiggy. And we took pictures together. And she was an absolute doll. And she comped our dinner. And I was like, no, you don't need to do that. You don't have to. And, you know... Uh, an epitome of a very classy woman, wonderful sweetheart. So it was wonderful meeting her. And then just recently, I, I had the opportunity of meeting Teresa. We were at a fundraiser here in uh, yeah. and uh, it was a fundraiser for Paws for Rescue is uh, for for dogs for rescue dogs. Yeah. And we sat in the same table and we had a conversation and yeah. So, and you know what? She was a doll. She was really sweet too. Really, really sweet. So yeah. So that you, I'm meeting different people. That's good. Do you watch any Bravo now? I do. I do. What's I like your favorite now? You know what? I love the Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I love it. I, you know, I don't miss it. I love the Housewives of New Jersey. And now that I actually know Teresa, you know, to know her is to love her. She's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, we're all human. We all either make mistakes. Some people show it on TV. Some people don't, you know what? It's, you just ha can't be scared of just showing it out there and people will criticize it and people will criticize you whether you're on TV or not. So I'm totally. like, well, make a living out of it, you know? And, I, I would agree yeah. with that. And good for her, you know? Who's your favorite Beverly Hills housewife? I had met, um, I think Kyle is awesome. And I think, cause I guess I have an attachment. I have not met her because of her mother-in-law, but I had met Lisa Rinna about five years ago, five or six years ago. I went, I was invited to an Oscar party at the Beverly Hills hotel. And a lot of celebrities went to that party. And this is before Lisa Rinna was even in housewife. And so we're at the event and I'll never forget, I can't remember his name, even the guy that used to be the Incredible Hulk back when I was little. Lou um, Ferrigno? Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno was there. I remember I took a picture with him. I was like, oh my gosh, you were like a major star. You yeah. know, he's little, this, you know, this show that I would see every day and many celebrities that weren't, you know, at the red carpet of the Oscars were invited to this event. And I was fortunate to be invited. So we went and it was amazing. And Lisa was so sweet. She recognized me from the show and, and we talked and I met Harry Hamlin and she was just a doll. I loved her personality. She was just a bundle of energy. So sweet. Like if we had known each other for years and, and it was a pleasure seeing that because she, even though she's a celebrity in her own right, she hadn't been on the Housewives show yet. And she's definitely more of a celebrity than a reality star is. Right. And so the fact that she recognized me and, and wasn't, you know, a diva saying, oh, you're just a reality star. Right. You're a celebrity. She was a doll, absolute doll. And I, and I love that about her because whether you say a reality star is a star or they're not, let's be real, you know, 
there's other celebrities that are more important or, or more recognized or more worthy of being a celebrity per se. Totally. And I think she, she was just a sweetheart. And I really like following her and seeing her. And she's just hilarious. I think she's funny. She's very funny. Very <laughs> funny. Like her Instagram is unbelievable. It really is. She's a doll. And, and, and she lives through real life you know, situations with her daughters, you know, and yeah, and like she says, she's not afraid to bring, you know, bring it out there. It's reality. And hopefully a viewer will relate and understand and, and somehow feel that they're not alone because look, this is reality. This is what goes on and we're not perfect and neither are children and they make mistakes and they just go on. So, yeah. That's true. You know what? It's about, it's about life continuing even after Housewives and, and growing up. And I hope everyone learns something from it. I hope we all grow and become just better women. Even, even if your idea is to want to continue or not to continue in the Housewives or whatever it is that your life or the route that life may take you is, you know, just understand that every woman, every person that you face is, is somebody's daughter, is somebody's mother is somebody's friend, is somebody's sister, or somebody's brother, and just treat people like the way you want to be treated, you know, and that's, that's, I mean, not to, like I said, not to stand up on a soapbox. But no, but that's. If people learn to live like that and, and stop being, you know, prejudiced and stop being racist and stop being. Everyone's equal. Everyone's equal. And that's, I think, a lesson from this pandemic is people should be taking is just treat how you, treat people how you want to be treated and just life is too short to, to be, you know, pondering on, on material things or superficial things or things that really don't matter. It is. I agree. I have to smile. I have to promote my work. So whoever wants a smile makeover, veneers, Botox, Juvederm, you name it, give me a call. We're open. I am about seven blocks away from my office. So I'm blessed. I have no traffic, thank God, ever. Um, and, and I need a major touch up. So if I don't get my, my forehead shot up, before I fly it to Miami, I'm going to be stopping over so you can shoot my head up as well. David, David I will shoot you up. How Thank you. And it'll be my, my gift to you. That's all I want. Just some Botox and a drink with you, Karen. That's it. I'm very simple. It's deal. You know what? Life is life. You know, it's, it's the kiss principle. Keep it simple. Exactly. So I'm happy to do that. I would love to get together with you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. This was amazing. I appreciate you taking your time. I know you're busy. Of course. No, thank you so much. Today was a, actually a more of a calmer day. So I'm not in the office today because I'm That's just perfect. hanging out, working out as much as I can, you know. <laughs> That's another thing. I mean, but we'll like keep in touch on text. For sure. Definitely. So. Definitely. Awesome. I really appreciate it. I love you dearly. Love you, love you too. Take care. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. 
or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.